It's time for To The Max Sports, where we talk about sports. They're just two guys, Max and Drew, in a bar talking all things sports. Well, without the bar. And the beer. Wait, why aren't we in the bar? Hello, 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 and welcome to To The Max Sports. You all know what time it is. It's time for To The Max Sports. Something like that. My voice is superseding. I'm going in fast and slow motion on the video screen. Yeah, you're going to be behind on the video screen. And always okay. a always a little bit, a little bit of a delay. Nothing changes. You can't change this mug. Something like that. So, Bob, I want you to close your eyes. It's sweet summer of 1982. You're a kid, and what kid in their teens, early teens, young man didn't want to hear? this on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, this week in baseball with the great Mel Allen. Mel Allen, what an iconic voice. You know, before this week in baseball, that was the, that was ESPN. You just, oh, yeah. you couldn't watch baseball Occasionally you could catch a live game, but you know, that's where you caught up on all your baseball highlights for the week. Oh yeah. And I mean, I, I remember growing up and, and reading the paper for the box scores, mm-hmm. actually looking at box scores. Yeah. Going over the stats. My mom used to get on me so much. You can recite Pete Rose's baseball stats, but you can't do your homework. Well, I enjoy reading Pete Rose's baseball stats when I like doing homework. Well, Ma, I need I, priorities, Ma, priorities. That's right. Well, you know, we started a segment called, I think we did it a couple weeks ago, and, and it was mostly, well, it was the fans, the baseball fans, this week in baseballs. Well, it's trickled down to the field now. Do you yeah, have a clip of Yeah, the, this, uh, is, this is crazy. I'll pull, pull this up. Ramirez and Anderson squaring yep. off. And another hustle double right over the bag at first. Sal Hosey and Anderson square off. They're fighting. They're swinging. Down goes Anderson. Down goes Anderson. Uh, I mean, you know, I I shouldn't be laughing, uh, but baseball brawls are part of baseball. It happens. But a couple things that stood out. One, the announcer. You know, catching down goes Anderson, you know, uh, channeling, mm-hmm. you know, an Ollie Frazier fight, which was awesome. So if you're a young kid, that's what uh, yeah, I mean, said during the Ali Frazier fight. Down yeah. Goes Frazier. Yeah. So and, and this is they were squaring off like boxers in a ring. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're and what I love is the ump. He's channeling the late, great Richard Steele, who was a broadcast, uh, I mean, he was a boxing ref. Yeah. And he kind of just split out and was like, go at it, boys. Well, I did. it's, it's kind of like what I was always told about dogs. If you come upon two dogs fighting, don't get in the middle. Yeah, do don't get, get in the middle. And especially when they square off like this. I mean, this was serious. And and that, that haymaker that uh, Ramirez threw, that knocked Anderson down was, I mean, that was a wild punch. That wasn't a, that wasn't a planned punch that yeah, hit him just weird. But it hit his, it hit, it hit the target. Uh, he got six games, Anderson, and got knocked down. The other guy got three. Yep. But, um. Nope, don't fight. Don't fight. 
Don't and then, uh, you know, going back old school, you know, I used to love the Lou Pinellas, you know, my, my Reds manager, Lou Pinella, mm-hmm. uh, going out there throwing, uh, throwing baseball, um, mounds around and, and, and then we had, uh, uh Earl Weaver turning mm-hmm. his cap around and, mm-hmm. and kicking, kicking dirt kicking on the um- dirt and. So we had uh, Aaron Boone Aaron this Boone. week was going crazy, mocking the home plate umpire for his balls and strikes calls. Maybe he was channeling Pinella, I believe. I don't know what him. he was chanting him, but he was pissed. Yeah, that was that was entertaining. And I had said a while back, you know, now that they got the replay, you're not going to see as much of the umpire antics, which were always but a great part of baseball. Yeah, it was a great part, but the and umpire the should antics. never. The, the I mean, the umpire should never should never want to draw attention to themselves. Have you ever officiated any type of organized sport? No, thank God. I've heard it's horrible. I have. It's not that bad, but you don't you don't want to be the center of attention. If you're the center of attention, something has gone wrong. You know, Major League Baseball addressed that, I think, about 10 years ago, was the umps were really getting out of control, and they were, mm-hmm. and I think that got addressed. They seem to have toned it down a little bit, but... You know, I guess if a manager yells at you, you have the right to yell back at him. It's all part of the the baseball tradition. It yeah, just, that's fair enough. I, I, I think a lot of the home plate umpire antics go away with the robo balls and strikes. And we'll get there in a couple years. We're, we're getting there. I mean, we're there in the minor leagues. We've talked about it. Mm-hmm. But it will take away some of the fun, eh. some of the antics. I think it'll speed up the game. I mean, it's more, more for me, it's more pace of play. Oh. More pace of play. No secret, no fighting during the game will speed up the pace of play, too. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, hell, I went to a boxing match and the day gone baseball game's breaking out. Yeah, it's just hot, hot-blooded hot young men just getting into it. I, I didn't even see what provoked this, so who, yeah. Anyway. Speaking so, of some hot-blooded pennant races, man, I'll tell you what, there's some good ones out there. It's starting to heat up a little bit. All of a sudden, the National League, you know, my Reds have fallen back. Uh, the Cubs are surging. Cubs are surging. The Brewers have a, a slim lead. The Marlins are a game or two back. So there's a lot of wild card. Braves are playing activity. well. Well, the Braves, they're, they're runaway. I mean, but they've locked up their division. If if I was putting money down, and we're going to get to some other money in the in a second, but if I was putting money down, I'm going to put my money on the Rangers and the Astros and let and give you the rest of the field. I think it's the Rangers or the Astros. And I know they're both in the American, so only same one division. of them. Same division. Only Kinda. one of them is going to advance, but we'll make the wild card. It's going to be it's going to be one of those in the World Series, and it's going to be one of those winning the World Series. Now, I give you, the edge to the you, Astros. You think they both make the playoffs? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like the uh, L.A. Dodgers and uh, San Francisco mm-hmm. a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they basically pilfered the Mets pitching staff. Yeah, Verlander came out and pitched good. Scherzer's now come out and pitched good after he had a little bit of a bad inning. So, hey, Rangers and Astros. I mean, both teams made significant veteran improvements by picking up two veteran, I, I dare say, both of them Hall of Famers. Yeah, and it was, I mean, for the Astros and the Astros' ownership, it was almost like this was a a contract restructuring for Verlander because they didn't want to pay him his contract. They ship him to the Mets for a little bit, and the Mets are paying a, a pretty good percentage of his contract and sending him back to the Astros. You know, you know, he walked in the clubhouse and did his best. You know, how you like me now? Yeah, well, his best Kirk Cousins. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
the other divisions, I mean, you got L.A. Um, but baseball, it's it's heating it's up. Fun right now. It's heating up. It's fun right now. Give me a couple more weeks, and then I'll get excited. Well, what else is heating up is, uh, you know, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, and it it's it's a problem. It's just not going to go away. It's like cocaine and sports in the eighties. Houston, we got a problem, and I don't know if it's going to go away anytime soon. And that's that's the wagering on sports at every level, at every game, from golf to. Now I'm reading in college football, there's players uh, under investigation. It It is going to go away when the players understand every time you do this and go against the rules, you are going to get caught. Every time. This is this is not the old days of, of, of the mafia running the book and it was Guido down there maybe giving you a talking to. No, these are... Harvard, Yale, MIT statisticians and economists looking at the data, they're going to find you out because your betting patterns and how you bet is going to be different than the average gambler. It's going to stick out and yeah. you're going to get caught. Yeah. If it's a large sum of money, though, the sports books will actually take the game off until they'll see irregularities in betting and, oh, yeah. and, and, and drop the game. I, I guess in some ways, if you're, if you're Joe, uh, Joe wide receiver for say, um, I don't know, um, Illinois, mm-hmm. is it easier to have your buddy place a small $5,000 bet with FanDuel nowadays, take the money and run than it was you're getting tied up with a mafia Don who's saying you're going to throw this game. We got a hundred thousand on it. We're going to give you 10,000 of that. So it's, I think in some ways it's actually become easier to hide the money if you're the just the small marginal athlete. Yeah, to yeah, but it's food on the table. yeah, it's it's easier to hide that money. But I'm I'm telling you, each of those books is concerned about two things: one, the integrity of the bets because they don't want to they don't want to tick off their gamblers. But that's been true years and years and years and years ago. But it's the integrity with their clients, meaning Major League Baseball, meaning the college football conferences, the NCAA. If those books are being allowed to legally take bets on those, then those organizations have an agreement with them that you're going to watch for stuff. You're going to watch our players. You're going to watch our coaches. And you're going to tell us. Those agreements are in place. You're not going to get away with it. A lot of those I've been reading, a lot of those college agreements have been discarded because of the optics so there's not a lot of these agreements where you got Louisiana Tech in agreement with Harris Casino. I was just reading that a couple of days ago well, because those, the optics were just so bad. You know? But but you filter up to the NCAA, you filter up to the conference, yeah. maybe not the individual universities. But if you are a college football athlete or a college basketball athlete and you're betting on your own sport, you are going to get caught. So do you do, you do a draconian measure where it's, at any level, you're banned for life. Is that do we have to have some some sacrificial lambs to, to let them know, hey, we're serious about this? No, because be, if you're you can't you can't speak out of both sides of your mouth. I mean, if you're if you're the leagues, if you're the conferences, you can't speak out of one side of your mouth and go, we're gonna we're gonna support it. And then to the players, when you when you run afoul of our rules, we're gonna ban you for life. There needs to be a graduated scale of discipline. There needs to be. 
Okay. A couple games, a couple four games for a first violation, a season for a second violation. And then, and then, it, and maybe this needs to be the NCAA, where the NCAA says your eligibility is out. You have no more eligibility. And, and the colleges, I actually think, should establish maybe some kind of on campus uh, GA program that people can attend to because it's, it's not just the, the college kids playing the game. You know, a lot of college kids' lives are being ruined by by betting on these games. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's, it's just we just made it a lot easier talking about lives being ruined about betting. Well, I don't know if his lives been ruined, but talk about someone who's got the money to lose. I thought Barkley lost a lot of money. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. He didn't lose a billion dollars. Well, he bet. He bet and put a billion dollars at risk over a decade. Well, if you put a billion dollars at risk, coming from a guy who at one time used to play small wagers. Guaranteed, he probably with the juice you lose, probably two to three hundred million. You think uh, that that may even be conservative? He if he literally was put down a billion dollars worth of bets, that's yeah. a lot of money. I I, a lot of money. I looked up. I looked it up earlier today. Eight and by estimates, eight hundred million dollars ish in endorsement earnings over his career. Another one hundred million dollars earnings on the tour. And then he has his two fifteen or two twenty million he got from the Saudis. He can afford three hundred million dollars in debt. And what was the rumor that that, that he took the contract with Callaway because Callaway wiped away his Vegas debt? They possibly did. But it's just amazing to me a guy with you know making that kind of money. I guess I guess the bigger the payday, the bigger the bet. I don't. Yeah, know. And, and and I have no problem with him betting. The problem I have in the story about him. Is he called up a guy? Allegedly. And, uh, <laughs> allegedly, according to the guy he called up. We don't want to get sued here on our little podcast. Allegedly, according to the guy he called up on the phone, <laughs> while he was playing the Ryder Cup, wanted to put 400 large on the American team to win the Ryder Cup while he was playing the Ryder Cup. Yeah, that's great. That's almost as bad as calling up a Kazakhstan oligarch and having them wire you $142,000 for a red Porsche. I just, and, and, and just that you don't bet on your own sport. And I don't even know what the rule is in the PGA, but I got to imagine there's a rule in the PGA and, and the Ryder cup is under the auspices of the PGA. Yeah. <sighs> And yeah, they can't do anything to him now, but it's bad optics, bad optics, but I guess he's got the money to do it. He does. He does. And he's, and he's continuing to bet apparently on the live golf tour in the last couple of weeks, there's some sound bites of him talking to another player on one of the tees about, about the action he wanted to put down on their round while he's playing a live golf tour event. Yeah. I, you know, that to me, that's a whole level, whole new level of degeneracy when you're actually betting on your own sport, when there's just so many other things you can do. And then especially, you know, when you're betting on a sport that you're participating in. Well, and then, and then to sit, to sit on the tee box at a tour event at a live golf tour event. And okay, fine. If it's like, Hey man, you know, a buck a hole 
let's let's just let's just have a little skin on the game. A buck a hole. No, he was on like a grand, a grand a hole. This isn't like nothing money, other than you're a live golf tour and you have a lot of money from the Saudis. So yeah. that was just crazy, 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 crazy. Phil, uh, if you want to uh, get some help on gambling, if you're listening to the show, give me a call. I'll help you out, man, for a little bit of juice. We'd be glad to have him sit up here. You know, we'll let everybody know you're on the show, Phil. Yep. Yep. And if you're watching, hit that like and subscribe button. Yep. What else is going on? Uh, college going football on. collapse. All the conferences oh, wow. are going away. Oh, wow. It's the, the Pac-12, the Pac-12 is is done. Decimated. Done. It's not decimated. Don't use that word. Well, it's for all intents and purposes. Well, no, because decimated only means one-tenth is done. And what's <laughs> ironic is I believe that, yeah, that's point uh i believe that a lot of the pac-12 are going to be ranked in the top 20 there was into this year there was five there's five teams in the pac-12 that are ranked in the preseason top 25 yeah which is crazy which i i have never had a high opinion of the pac-12 i don't think it's a competitive conference you can you can throw your utahs at me i don't think it's a competitive conference Possibly USC, maybe. Tradition. I mean, back in the day, but you got to go well, way back. And I think they've turned that program way around. Way but yeah, they're trying. But the conference, the conference has been horrible. Their media rights deal was crap. Yeah. Their revenue share with their schools was 60 to 70% of what it was to the other conferences. And you're surprised that people are going. I mean, you were negotiating with Apple TV for a streaming deal, yeah. and it was just. Of course they're going to leave you. Yeah, it was a it was a shit show. But but here's my problem. You've now left Cal and Stanford behind. What what do Cal and Stanford do? And I think Stanford has a possible option, which has in, Heather Dinich on ESPN talked about this. Stanford could potentially say we're done with sports. We're done with sports because football and that revenue share we got, even even our paltry revenue share from the Pac-12 paid for a lot of other sports. But that's not going to happen. Well, I don't know how. I mean, does Stanford dip into their endowment to keep their other sports going? Because here's the thing about Stanford. Do you know where a lot of our Olympic athletes come from? Stanford. Well, their donor base is huge. And, you know. They, they, they got tradition in sports, especially with tennis, um, their football programs. Of course, Elway was from Stanford, I believe. Yeah, I mean, I I get it, but that could be a possible result of this. They may and, be absorbed back into the Big Ten. I mean, you know, the Big Ten has some higher uh, uh, credentialing than some of these other conferences. So. I get that, but it's <sighs> these conference commissioners – Talk about talking out of both sides of your mouth or just totally lying to us and being hypocrites. You talk about the student athlete. You talk about wanting to take care of the student athlete. And I'm going to leave aside basketball and football as a revenue generating sports. And I'm going to say, okay, fine, USC, UCLA. You're now part of a conference that includes Rutgers, which means you got to travel across the country. And if you're a football player at UCLA, you're traveling nice, you're staying in a nice hotel, you're being taken care of, you're being fed. What about that volleyball player who's now got to travel to Rutgers? Do you think he's being taken care of or she's being taken care of to the same extent? No, you're screwing the rest of your athletic programs. 
That's what you're doing. You don't care about the athletes. Jay Billis, this week I heard him in an interview. Conferences are, college conferences are there for one reason, to collude and make sure we don't pay the athletes. That's what they're there for. That's been there since time immemorial. So but, get, but, but now, get rid of them all. But now with the new, I, what the IHO or NIL. NIL, I mean, you know, the, the college athletes able to fight back and, you know, obviously it's going to be your premier athletes that are going to take advantage of that. But it's just, everything's money now. Get, you know, everything yeah. is about the almighty dollar. I'm actually surprised if you had asked me a year ago, I would have said the big 12 would have gotten broken up and absorbed into the Pac-10 before the, before the Pac-10. Yeah, it looked like it looked like I mean to use a boxing analogy, it looks like the Big Twelve took something on the chin. They they regrouped and came back at it large. Now, for me being a, a a Big Ten fan, it's it's Nirvana for me because I'm going to watch uh, Big Ten football from eleven in the morning to eleven at night, coast to coast, two or three televised big 10 games and but that's but would awesome. you but would you give that up here's here's my solution i and i talked about this with, with a friend of mine get which, rid of all friend? the i have i have two um get rid of all the conferences more than i get get rid of all the conferences chip kelly talked about this get rid yeah. of all the conferences consolidate everything and run it like a mini nfl and be done with it. Be done with the conferences. I don't need conferences. I want to take football and basketball and take them out of the NCAA and let them run separately. Yeah. No more no more Title IX impact from my football players. No more Title IX impact from my basketball players. Let Title IX be for the rest of my sports sporting programs. Give the NCAA back control. Yep. And let them control what they're good at. They're good at they're good at monitoring the eligibility of the of the of the stroke guy in a crew on a rowing yeah. team. They're not good with the revenue producing athletes. I mean, I get what you're saying, but you know, I want world peace and little puppies for everybody, you know, and that ain't gonna happen. I just stop stop lying to me. But it is a interesting conundrum. Anything else going on, Bob? Uh, Mickelson, baseball, basketball Hall of Fame coming up. Want to do uh, a little, uh, little trivia to close it out? Do a little trivia to close it out. If you stuck around, you guys should be able to beat us. This is sports rules trivia, which we suck at. Okay. If you stuck around this long, please hit like and subscribe. We don't ask for money, but if you want to give me a red Porsche from a Kazaki Stan oligarch, Hunter likes blue. I like red. Oh, please. Please. Okay. God, I forgot my glasses. I can't read this shit. <laughs> Can a fielder hold the ball? I can't read this. I forgot okay. my glasses. Tell you what. <laughs> I'm going to ask myself a question and, and okay. cover up the answer. There you go. During stroke play, John broke his eight iron in anger. I think we've had this question before. He finished around with 13 clubs and learned he would be one of three players involved in a sudden death playoff. Can he replace his broken eight iron for the playoff? And I think the answer is yes. I would say he can. Yes. All right. Apparently, a playoff constitutes a new round. So here's your question. I get this right. It's a tie. Can John place a mat 
He's got a very wet teeing ground. He's on the tees. Very, very wet. He's all squishy. Can he place a mat on the ground and stand on it to tee off? Oh, hell no. No. Okay. Why not? What is he doing? Because it's not part of the natural surface. He's building a stance. Building a stance. There we go. Okay, we're two for two. We always stick with our stance, guys. We'll be back next week. Possibly with reading glasses. Possibly with reading glasses. Maybe not. (laughs) Not the sharpest tool in the shed. Until next week. OH. Peace out, gentlemen. I owe. And ladies. And Phil Mickelson. Give us a call. (laughs) 